So today, our message title is A Holy Nation. I want to recap really quickly the verse that we ended with last week, Hebrews 10, 19 through 20 in the New Living Translation. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I like that, we can, hold, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Woo! Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promises. So Jesus, not only did he forgive you of your sin, that's good news, but he forgave you to the point where he doesn't remember your sin as far as the east is from the west. That's even better news. But through his forgiveness, through the grace that came from the cross and the blood of Jesus Christ, you are made righteous. Righteous, dude. You're righteous. I wish I could do that California accent, but I can't. I'm not going to try. <laughs> you have been made righteous. You have been made holy. You have been made blameless. You have been made pure. These are the descriptions of a person who is found in Christ Jesus. Over and over again in scripture, not just one time. One would be good and sufficient. If he said it, I believe it, I'll stand on it and I'll move in it. But it's over and over and over again. You are a new creation. You are holy. You are pleasing to him. You stand in right standing with the Father because of the Son. And then it says you get to enter the most holy place where before the most holy place was relegated to an internal room inside the temple that one man could access once a year who had been cleansed and robed in beautiful clothing and made right to go into that most holy place. But now through Christ Jesus, you get to enter that most holy place and he, where is the most holy place? You are the temple of the holy living God. You are. I love it. It went from being a place you had to go to him putting his presence right here within you. Whew. You are clothed in Jesus. There's so much. So we talked about that last week. We began unpacking what does holiness look like to the believer? Because that's such a really big word. When you hear the word holy, you think of God alone and like, wow, he's holy. I'm not holy. Only he's holy. But he says, no, I have made you in my image. And then I have clothed you in my son. And you have been forgiven. And now you are holy. And I love verse 23. It says, for God can be trusted to keep his promises. Whoo. You can trust. You can put it in the bank. You can trust it. You can trust his word. When I say it, I mean you can trust the word of God. It's true. 1 Corinthians 1, 28 through 31 says, God chose things despised by the world. I put in parentheses, or God chose those who are low born 
things counted as nothing at all and use them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. God has united you with Christ Jesus. For, you, for our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. Come on. He made us right with God. Done. Finished. He made us pure and holy. That's a past tense. When you say yes to Jesus, it's done. He made us pure and holy. He made us right with God. He freed us from sin. He freed us from sin. Sin has no longer got a grip on you. You are free indeed. Free. I mean, that deserves a dance. I'll stomp on his head. I will stomp on injustice because I am free. You will not put shackles around my ankles. I am free. You will not put something in my mind that isn't of Christ. I am free. Hallelujah. God has united us with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy. He made us free from sin. Therefore, as the scriptures say, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. Because this is not something that you can earn. Come on, how many times we spend years of our life trying to earn the approval of God, trying to earn the approval, trying to do all the right things. I want to tell you today, if you're repeating that, I'll do it when I'm cleaned myself up a little more. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Run to his presence because we always say, I'll do it when I'm better. I'll do it when I'm holier. I'll do it when I don't have this in my life anymore. I'll draw closer when I have this addiction out of my way. No, he says, I want you to come into the most holy place. Now, I want you to say yes to my spirit. Yes to the work of the cross. Yes to me. Now. And then when I boast, Jesus! This isn't Leslie. I can't do this. My righteousness is filthy rags. This is Christ Jesus clothing me in new clothes. And I will boast forever in the Lord. I will boast forever in the Lord. He is worthy of my boasting in the Lord. This is good news. It is through Christ alone that we are able to walk in holiness to be the most holy place, to carry the presence of God within our body, soul, and spirit. It is not only something we should have head knowledge of. Come on, Harrison. He, he gave a word to me last week. Can I share this? I, I, I didn't ask you beforehand. But he gave a word to me after the service last week, and I love it. He, he, he was talking about when I confessed about not sleeping, and taking medicine to help me sleep. And the Holy Spirit was convicting me. I am not saying this to tell you you shouldn't. I was just telling you what the Lord was telling me. I was leaning into that medicine rather than leaning into Jesus. Okay, so the Lord was convicting me, telling me to get it out. And then Harrison, he was telling me about my sleep, and he said, do you worry at night? Do you try and fix things? I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> I can't even begin to start thinking because if I start thinking, then I'm awake for hours. Anybody do that? He said, peace is not something you know. Peace is something you experience. When he said that, it was like, poof, duh, right? Peace that passes all understanding. 
Peace that passes all understanding. Joy that I cannot manifest myself, but it's not something we know and have head knowledge about. It's not scripture we memorize. I'm not holy because it says so. I'm holy because I am and I get to experience it. It goes from head knowledge, which is important, but you can't stop here. You can't stop knowing the word of God. You get to walk it out. You get to walk it out. You get to walk out peace. And guess what, Harrison? I have slept every night this week without anything. And I was telling my CR group on Thursday night, you know, I was letting that become an idol in my life. Now, this is me personally. When Holy Spirit convicts you, you listen to his conviction. And I, and I let it go. And I said, Lord, I want to experience your peace right now as I lay down. I went right to sleep the first night. I want to experience your peace as I rest. He wants his children to know that even when they are sleeping, he is taking care of them. That's Psalms 127:2. Even while you sleep. That's not in the message. That's just free. Oh, goodness. Where are we here? Oh, okay, so this, this holiness, we, it's not something we just know. We get to experience the holiness of Jesus Christ coming out of us. So it's like fun because what you said applied to so much in my life this week. I love it. There is no separation anymore between me and the Father God. There is no separation anymore. The holy of holies is not relegated to an inner room. It is, we have access to the most holy place. We get to walk right into the most holy place, yes? I know I'm repeating myself, but I want to make sure we, we know when we put up a wall, we say, I can't because that's not God putting up a wall. That's not God saying you can't. God says yes and amen to all that he has put in his word. And that means you are holy and you get to walk in holiness and righteousness and purity in love and grace and joy and peace. You get to. It's done. Holiness is already a part of who you are in Christ. It's already done. It's already a part of who you are. Hallelujah. Travis. Travis. I love you, Trap. Barb, there's a mute button back there on that board. So easy. Just push that button. So... God's plan for holiness did not start at the crucifixion of Jesus when the temple curtain was torn. We'll get there. But this was his plan from the very beginning. So we, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take you all the way back to Genesis. And I want to walk you through the Old Testament and show you how this was God's desire all along. So it's on the screen, so you can turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. And we're going to read verses 26 and 27. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Isn't this an amazing glimpse into the conversation of the Trinity? What they were dreaming about and talking about. They were dreaming of you. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. I love 
how. Brian Simmons puts it in a note in the Passion Translation. He says, he took his own nature and likeness and fashioned a creature just like him. One he could love with unlimited passion. He loves you with unlimited passion. There is nothing that can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Do you believe that? Do you believe it? Angel Pennington, he loves you with an unlimited passion. Even though you're a Steelers fan, it doesn't matter to the Father. (laughs) Nothing can separate you. I was really hoping Art Gilchrist was gonna be here because I was gonna use him being a Michigan fan. He is? Oh, he's in the foyer, okay. Well, I was gonna say something about Michigan there, but I won't do that. Mind of Christ. I know, I know, but see, she's new and I wasn't gonna just throw her under the bus like that. She can take it though, all right. Just trying to be sensitive. Um, he took his own nature and fashioned someone just like him in his likeness, one he could love with unlimited passion. It said that right there in Genesis one twenty six. Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. A God kind of being who could reflect his likeness into all of creation. God created someone like himself after his kind. It just said that he created the fish, you know, after their kinds. He could, the livestock after their kinds. The trees after their kinds. He created humanity after his kind. In his likeness, in his holy image, to reflect who he is into all creation. This was our original design, our identity, and our purpose was to be image bearers of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let's fast forward a little bit to Genesis chapter 3, when the fall took place. And after Adam and Eve sinned and ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they hid from the Lord and and God walking in the cool of the day said, Adam, where are you? And Adam said, we hid because we were afraid. And they have a brief conversation there. And then in verse 21, it says, and the Lord made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and clothed them. Now, I'll be honest, I'd never really thought much about this verse. Okay, obviously, you know, that because of sin, they were exposed, they, they realized they were naked, and that brought shame, and so God fashioned some clothing from them from out of animal skins. This is why it's important. You need a good study Bible. If you don't get a good uh, study Bible, sometimes it's hard to fully understand the context of what's happening here. Check this out. I just learned this. The verb clothe. So right there, when it says, and clothe them, is the same verb that's used for priests who are clothed with sacred garments. Moved by love, he clothed them to cover their shame, not just their nakedness. The role of Adam and Eve as rulers on the earth was not erased by the fall. They were still commissioned as a priest and priestess by God himself. Do you notice that? 
nothing changed about their plans to subdue the earth, to have dominion over the earth. They were still commissioned as a priest and a priestess by God himself. For God to use blood-stained animal skins as royal robes to clothe his beloved Adam and Eve meant that animals had to be sacrificed to provide their covering. Isn't that awesome? That was just revelation. Like, wow, okay, I never thought of it like that before. The same verbiage used for clothe is the same. We talked about it last week when Aaron was anointed as the high priest. He was donned with special garments, royal robes, jewels, and precious stones. And that same word was used when God clothed Adam and Eve in the blood-stained animal skins to cover their shame, to cover their sin, And for the next however many thousands of years, this had to be the practice, that blood needed to be shed, that animals must be sacrificed in order for sin to be covered. Their commission did not change, but their perfect union with God was broken. A holy God could no longer dwell with an unholy people. We said that last week. You are the temple. You are the temple carry within you the holy of holies and a holy God can only dwell in a holy temple. He dwells within you. He loves you with an unlimited passion, church. So much. So move beyond Adam and Eve and we see now for a long time the heads of the household, the patriarchs of the family, they served as priests like Abraham and Job. They made sacrifices for their family because the, the role of the priest had not yet been established by God. So the fathers, the men in the family served as priests of the family. They made the sacrifices for their family. Let's fast forward now to Exodus. This is following the exodus of the Israelites out of Egypt. God rescued them from Pharaoh and slavery in Egypt and he led them out one miraculous sign after the next into the desert to pursue the promised land that he had promised to Abraham many years before. We're gonna pick it up in Exodus 19, three through six. It's on the screen. Then Moses climbed the mountain to appear before God. So they're in the desert. They're at the, the foot of Mount Sinai and God calls Moses up. The Lord called him from the mountain, called to him from the mountain and said, give these instructions to the family of Jacob Announce it to the descendants of Israel. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians. You know how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you will obey me and keep my covenant, you will be my own special treasure from among all the peoples on the earth. For all the earth belongs to me. Here we go. And you will be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. This is the message you must give to the people of Israel. I already said it. This covenant was an extension of the covenant God already made with Abraham. Back in Genesis 17, he said, your descendants will be as numerous as the stars. They will become a great nation. And God is now extending this covenant beyond those promises to my people, my my Israel will become a holy nation, a kingdom of priests unto me. See, God's purpose in rescuing the Israelites out of captivity, out of slavery, 
was to create a kingdom of priests, a holy nation who could approach God freely. That was his intent. But this was contingent. There was a contingency here in the fine print. He said, if you will obey me and keep my covenant, then you will become a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. Because of sin, the law, the commands were impossible to fully keep. And they became quickly broken through the rebellion of the Israelites. Their continual need to see God perform something miraculous in order to believe. They continually turned their backs on him and doubted in their hearts that he could provide for them like he said he would. I don't know about you, but if I see an ocean pretty much split in two and walk across it on dry ground, I could pretty much trust God for anything. It would take, now I'm saying this, you know, theoretically, I don't know, but I feel like it would take me a long time to ever doubt his word again if I see the Red Sea split in two. The miracle of the Exodus in and of itself, amazing. But although this was the the desire of the Father, Israel could not keep to the law. God could not dwell within them as he does within us because they were still sinful. They needed a better atonement. Through Christ, God would ultimately rescue his people once and for all to become a holy nation and a kingdom of priests. I got some good news for you today, church. Sin started with a tree and sin ended with a tree. He took care of it once and for all. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You are pure and holy, sacred, bought with a high price. So we move on from here to what we talked about last Sunday. God then established and anointed Aaron and his descendants from the tribe of Levi as priest over Israel, representing what the entire nation should have been. God wanted the entire nation to be a holy nation, a kingdom of priests, but they were unable to fulfill that longing because of sin, and so God then zoned in on the tribe of Levi, specifically Aaron, the entire tribe of Levi, they were servants of the tabernacle, but only Aaron and his descendants could be priests, and God anointed Aaron as the high priest and his sons as underpriests to serve These priests were mediators who stood in the gap between God and man. Priests brought people near to God. You could only get so close, right? If anyone stepped into the presence, what happened? Right? Or they touched the ark with the best of intentions. I still feel so bad for that guy. He was just trying to, you know, prop it up and make sure it didn't fall. But it represented the holy presence of God, and an unholy person cannot stand in the holy presence of God. And so priests were able to bring people near God. They facilitated their relationship with him by offering gifts and sacrifices for sin and by teaching them God's laws. And this went on for years and years and years and years and years and years and years, hundreds and thousands of years from the tabernacle to the temple. But as we're going to see in Christ, we talked about this last Sunday, this imperfect system 
of sacrifices and performing and having to strive to earn God's favor and approval. This imperfect system was made obsolete. It is out of date. It no longer stands for those who are in Christ. Jesus replaced it with himself in fulfilling that covenant and establishing a brand new covenant with us and is now our high priest. And through him, as Leslie said, we have full access to God. You have access to every spiritual blessing. That's what the word says. You have access to the holy of holies. It dwells within you, the very presence of God. You are carriers of it. Isn't that amazing? There's no separation. I love how Chris Gore, he says separation is an illusion. If you are in Christ, separation is an illusion. You cannot be separate from the presence of God within you. Because of what Jesus did, the curtain was torn in the temple. And we can now step boldly and confidently with all humility into the presence of God where he dwells. Anytime you want. Guess what? You get to step into heaven anytime you want. Step into heaven. Don't drop the mic in the baptismal, okay? <laughs> Do you understand how amazing this is? I feel like sometimes it can just become so, yeah, mundane, just casual. It loses so much of the awe, the wonder that we get to dwell with the creator of the universe. He dwells in us, the holy of holies. Amazing. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like, wow. I'm back there, like my head's kind of like this, like, oh, we do. Why us? Why us? Why did he put you on the planet post-cross? in 2021 to be a living, active example of the kingdom of heaven on earth. <laughs> when, when we say you have been chosen, <laughs> that's not a casual thing to say. To know Jesus right now in this climate, on this planet, and what, what is happening is gold. The greatest treasure. Go with me to 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. It's on the screen. But you have in the New Testament, the holiness of things is the thing, right? The temple is the holy place. I'm sorry, in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, you move from things to people. Holiness moves from a thing to a place to a person. Yes? You are now holy. You are chosen. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. The title of this message is A Holy Nation. And we're sitting at the table yesterday trying to figure out what the title for the message was going to be. And I'm like, well, I just think of the Israelites. How are we a holy nation? Travis said the church is the nation of God. After the cross, the church becomes his holy nation. Amen? I love it. It's hard not to be completely overwhelmed. <laughs> Let's read 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. But you are God's chosen treasure. 
This is 1 Peter, and it's talking to the church. So guess what? Your name, put it in there. Tim is God's chosen treasure. Shannon is God's chosen treasure. Noni is God's chosen treasure. You are his chosen treasure. Priests who are kings. Stop thinking about yourself as the scum of the earth, no good, doesn't deserve it. Stop thinking of yourself in any way other than who he says you are. Because as soon as your mind shifts and you have the mind of Christ and you see yourself like he sees you, everything in your life will change. Things that have bound you for years, pornography addiction will be gone in the name of Jesus. Come on. We got to start thinking like he says, I'm his treasure. So he gave everything for me. I don't deserve it, but he loves me because he created me in his image to be his image bearer. And he wants me back where he started. A spiritual nation, or I put in parentheses, a holy nation, set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of, the, out of darkness to experience his marvelous light, and now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. For at one time, you were not God's people, but now you are. Come on. That is not a maybe you will be if you. Now you are done. When you step into Christ, this is who you are. At one time, you were nothing of God's, you knew nothing of God's mercy because you hadn't received it yet, but now you are drenched with it. I love the passion translation. Just like getting out of the tank, you are drenched with his mercy. You didn't know his mercy, but now you know his mercy. You know that it is by his mercy you are alive and breathing today. That you get to be holy as he is holy. Like, it's not something that I can just say, yes, I am this because I am good. No, it's because of the stinking great mercy of God that I get to walk as he walked. And boast in the Lord. This passage is referring back to the passage Travis read in Exodus. So it applied to the Israelites, but now it applies to you. It applied to the Israelites, but now it applies to you. I want to keep going. My divinely loved friends, since you are resident aliens and foreigners in this world, I appeal to you to divorce yourselves from the evil desires that wage war within you. Live honorable, honorable lives as you mix with unbelievers, even though they accuse you of being evildoers. For they will see your beautiful works and have a reason to glorify God in the day he visits. Listen to me, when you walk in holiness, when you walk in righteousness, when you walk in Christ as he walked, even the unbelievers will recognize the presence of God. At the day he returns, they'll be like, whoa, she was from him. The presence that was in her is this presence that I'm experiencing right now. Do you hear this? They will recognize the great creator because of you walking it out in front of them. Ooh. That hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, they'll recognize his presence because I walk in his, because I act, because I move in his presence, as his presence. That's fun. 1 Corinthians 1, 2, I am writing to God's church in Corinth. To you who have been called by God to be his own holy people. He made you holy by means of Christ Jesus, just as he did for all people.
people everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. This didn't stop at the end of the New Testament. You are those people everywhere who he has called to step into holiness. The same anointing that flowed through Christ Jesus flows through you. The same power that raised him from the dead is in you. The same great works that he did, you get to do. It didn't stop. All people everywhere, insert Leslie, Terry, Chuck, all people everywhere who what? In order to walk this out, what do you got to do? Call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It didn't say follow the letter of the law for five years and then... No, Jesus completed the law. There are no boxes around you. You are free. Don't bring them back. Because the law incurs you to sin. It drives you to sin. Whereas when you step into Christ, it drives you into righteousness and holiness and grace and peace. Whew, good news. One more verse for you. 1 John 4, 17. We've been saying this a lot. You are as he is in the world. But I want to read the whole verse to you. As we live in God, our love grows more perfect. As we live in God, what grows more perfect? Our love. Our love. We are already perfect and holy and righteous. But what happens is the closer we get to Jesus, our love grows and grows and grows and grows. It's like the Grinch in his heart in the box and it explodes out of the box. You ever watch the Grinch who stole Christmas? That's what happens. It grows and grows and grows and grows. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment. But we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. We can face him with confidence because we did all the right things. No, I'm telling you that when you're in Christ, you will walk out righteously. You will shut sin out of your life. Sin is an external reality as a saint, as a believer. Do you know the word saint? We're going to get into this in two weeks. But the word saint do you know what the definition of the word saint is? And you're called saint 60 times in the New Testament. The definition of the word saint is holy, holiness, a holy people. You are saintly. You are holy, a holy nation. Satan doesn't want you to know the truth about the gospel. He doesn't want you to know the freedom that you actually have. He can take the word of God and twist it and make you believe that you are not who he says you are. I love how Tony Evans said it today. Where's my phone? Sorry, I wasn't prepared here. I shared this this morning. He said, faith is acting like it is so. Faith is acting like it is so, even when it is not so, in order that it might be so, Simply because God said so. So even if you're feeling unrighteous today, act righteous. Even if it doesn't look like your life is in where it should be, I'm telling you this is who you are. I'm telling you this is who he says you are. 
This is your nature now because when you say yes to Jesus and you step into righteousness, you step into Jesus Christ, this is who you are. But this also means that where Jesus is, it says you have access. So when you step into his presence, what will come out of you? Holiness, righteousness, glory. You will experience, you'll go from knowing it to experiencing it. That, that addiction won't have a pull on you anymore. Come on. How many of us can say amen to that? You're going to see miracles happen in your physical body, in your mind, in your spirit, in your family, in your community. You're going to see things change. Why? Because the presence, the most holy place is in you. And you get to carry it wherever you go. You get to carry him wherever you go. Come on. It changes things. It changes the atmosphere of your home. It changes your workplace. He, I say it, I mean he, his presence, the presence of the living God is in you. He says, I love you. I chose you. You're my treasure. You're my daughter. You're my son. You are holy. You are priests who are kings. Stop acting like a pauper. Come on. You have a daddy in heaven who has got everything. And that's what he was telling me. He's like, I want you to lay down and sleep because when, I, when you sleep, I work. When you rest, I'm still providing. There is nothing that we have to work for. There is nothing that we have to strive for. We just step into union. Amen? Will you stand? Whew. Identity increase. When you step into intimacy with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, you begin to see who you really are. And the enemy can't rob your identity anymore. He doesn't get to tell you who you are. The King who created you, the great creator of the universe, tells you who you are. We are repeating this because it needs to stick in each one of our hearts and there are areas in our hearts where we haven't believed the fullness of the gospel and the fullness of the freedom that we have. And he's like, hand it over, lay it down, get anything out that doesn't belong. I want all of you and all of my presence is in you, so let me have it. Let it go. Be free. Be holy. Yeah? So good. Let's just, let's talk to him right now for just a second. Father, we just turn our gaze to you. And I'm so overwhelmed by your love, God. You see Lifeway Church on 742 Cookson Avenue in New Philadelphia, Ohio, Tuscarawas County, the United States of America on the great planet Earth that you created. You see each and every one of us and you care about each and every one of us. You have called us. You have destined us. God, I pray today that what you have said in your word would be sealed in our hearts. There would be a royal seal. It's finished. The blood of Jesus is the seal, the cover, the finished work of the cross is our identity. So right now in Jesus' name, I cast out any lies, 
any deception, any evil spirit or oppression be gone in Jesus' name. You will not define the believers. You will not define the chosen people. They belong to Christ Jesus. They are free.